little bit long, a uh, little bit long intro there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the program. Hey, you know what? Before we kick this show off, uh, I do have just a quick little bit of an announcement that I would like to make. Uh, not an announcement, but I received some news today in regards to a very good friend of mine. Uh, he has been a co-worker of mine. He has been a huge follower of the Rocky Stucci show, the Situation Room, uh, the Blaze. He was so excited that one day he called in when we were on the Blaze and he got through and he got to come on live and ask a question. But uh, received a message today that <clears throat> a dear friend of ours, his name is Tommy Klein, um, shockingly, shockingly passed away over the weekend. Uh, don't know the details, not even important. What's important is oh, that uh, he will be forever missed. Uh, you know, Roberts, this guy here at work, he put our show logo, our show banner on the back of his forklift, and he kept it on there over a year. And the only reason it oh, came wow. down was because it got damaged because he always crashed into shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Um, but he loved what we did. He loved our message. And um, you know, I can hear him in the heavens right now telling us to make sure we that we remind everybody that 9-11 was an inside job. <laughs> ah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So, now he knows. Now he knows. So, brother Tommy Klein, uh, rest well, my brother. You may not be physically with us, but we know you are here with us in spirit, and, and um, you will be forever physically missed. So, Scotty Roberts, what's going on? You buddy? know, I wonder about that, too, sometimes. I've wondered over the years, it's not, not as a going concern, but in the afterlife, <clears throat> you know, when I was in uh, seminary and all of that and in the church, there was a specific thing you thought you knew about the afterlife. And uh, if you drift away from that and you get other views and other points of view and you think, what's it like? What's that first? And time is probably not linear, as I've been told. So it's not like, oh, five minutes into the afterlife and what are you doing? Uh, but, right. you know, what's that first thought that comes to somebody? Are they re-entering someplace they've already been? You know, like they say all the souls come from heaven or for lack of a, of a word for it, all souls come from there. They come here and then they go back. Then they come back. Then they go back and so, back and forth and all of this. So question, when you refer to that, just so I understand, you're saying that, you know, we always hear, and in fact, somebody said it over the weekend that uh, we're not humans having a spiritual experience. We are spirits having a human experience, right? Yeah. That was FUD. FUD. Said that, yep. yeah. So, you know, when we look at it from that aspect, you believe that we come from one place when we come to our existence here on earth as a human being, we kind of forget about that place we come from. And then when we die, we may re-recognize that place. Is that kind of what you're saying? See, I've wondered about that because we always put in context that let's say we are believers in reincarnation. What if we have reincarnated? Our energy never dies just into different beings. And you are the, the sum total, the cumulative of all of those things. Um, if I were to die today, would I be Scotty Roberts over there? Oh. Or would I be Scotty Roberts plus 39 other things oh, all compacted into one? Bro. So, you know, what are you? Who are you? Or are you something completely different 
that has manifested itself in all these different lives along the way. No, or or um, maybe it's not a physical thing. Maybe it's a conscious thing. So uh, whether, I think it's totally a consciousness right. thing. So whether we're an animal, so. well, we are an animal, but whether we're like a, a an animal or a human um, or even a plant, um, our consciousness, you know, when you refer to the energy thing, you know, it's, it's, it's the energy may transfer to different forms, but the intelligent conscious of our beings, you know, it goes from that form to another form. And maybe that's part of our spiritual evolution. I don't know. Just a thought. Right. I don't know. Do we have bodies after death of any kind? I don't know. I don't think anybody's been there and back to tell, but we have stories of people who oh. have, but Dude, I'll tell you, there's plenty of people out there that we know mutually that can give you exactly what happens when we die because they know it, you know, because somehow they have the information and we don't, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think of my theological days where Christ said to his followers after his resurrection, somebody said, are you a ghost? One of his disciples asked him, he said, hey, I'm physically, he says, look, come over here. He says, Put your hand in the in the scar on the side, and then look. He said, "I got a body. I can eat. I can, you know, and all of these." But he was able to go through walls and stuff like that. And so that, but that's the story of one guy. What do you say about people when you talk about Jesus? Before we get into this weekend, um, because I've watched and listened and researched different things in regards to. All right, folks. This is just a conversation, okay? So everybody, sure. don't we're lose just your talking face. here. You know, uh, something's coming when you got to put that caveat yeah, in there. You know, about Jesus being a, magis- uh, a, a, a magician, you know? Yeah. So he was crucified, and but yet he was still able to come back in physical form. He was still able to walk through walls. Um, and I say this in a very respectful way. I'm not saying this is my belief system, but there are magicians sure. today that can walk on water, that can walk through walls, um, that can turn water into wine. Um, was he ahead well, of Well, I think time? it was probably real when Jesus did it because he didn't do it and then go, Ta-da! <laughs> right, so, right, bro. What's up, bro? What's that up? we know of. <laughs> so, you know, it's interesting because I did watch this documentary about when Jesus did come back and he came back in physical form to where his apostles are. Do you call them apostles or disciples? Disciples. The disciples were the only apostles. The apostles, after his death and ascension, the disciples became apostles. That's a cool right? gang name, bro. Just so you know, the disciples. The disciples, yeah. So who do you roll with? I roll with the disciples, bitches. So. The disciples, bitches. <laughs> vroom, vroom. Vroom, vroom. All right, so, Scotty, this was a good weekend, man. Um, you it know, was there's, great. Yeah, there's a lot of things. I'm beat up. I'm not going to lie. Um, I feel like I got kicked in the face because I know what that feels like. I, you know? I will tell you, uh, all the years we've done this, I have never felt the way I did yesterday. as beat. I felt like I was hungover. I kind of still yeah. do. Yeah, I do too. My my body. I slept like nine hours last night, and the, which is rare for me. The weird thing is, bro, is that we've been out there and is it it has been much colder. It's been snowing. It's been raining yep. ice. Um, so I don't know. Do you think this was a weather condition thing, or do you think I don't that know? The, the first night was okay. The second night was warmer, but felt colder. Oh yeah. I mean, it was weird. Uh, it was like fifty degrees. Yeah. And, uh, but I was cold all Saturday night. Miserably um, cold. We went hung miserable cold. I just felt crappy. Uh, we had to go sit inside for the first time ever, uh, ever doing one of these events and just say, I got to get warm. I talked to Jimmy and, today, as a matter of fact. Yeah. What he do you have to say? He just seen how we're doing, bro. He just seen how we're doing. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. 
And, uh, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was good. We got some interesting responses. It was great having Sarah Soderlund there. Yep. Man, she is a fireball. She is just, just, uh, attitude and just putting it out. Well, I didn't know, just say Sarah Soderlund puts out folks just in case. No, you did. Sarah, you if did, you're listening, bro. that's not what I meant. Um, but, um, it was interesting that her energy is so high that uh, she got things going with that spirit box and other things that we didn't, we haven't experienced there before. And let me reference what the cannoli is talking about here. Um, so this was, let's start with the first night that we were at the, um, at the uh, Phantom's Feast at the Minnesota Renaissance grounds. Um, we went around and we did some pre-investigations. If you guys did not see, we did do a video on the YouTube channel as well as uh, Facebook and, uh, you know, when we do, when we always do our pre-investigations, the locations may change where we get activity, but we always seem to get something. Yeah. And so then we went and did the event. We got on stage. We gave her a quick spiel. We went outside. We went to some locations and it, it kind of seemed to calm down a little bit. And so the final stop that we always make on this tour with the crowds is they call it the bakery and, uh, which is right by the Phantom's Feast. So that's why it's the last location, but we've always been very successful there. And so we started at the bakery. We weren't getting a lot. And um, because Sarah had this thought, Sarah Soderland, the paranormal Sarah at gmail.com, um, she, because there was so much entertainment, she feels like a lot of those that are there in spirit are on these specific grounds for that reason. They're entertainers or they're attracted to that energy or they're attracted to the entertainment. So what she did was she had everybody the whole entire crowd starts singing, you are my sunshine. My well, she said, sunshine. she said at first, she said, let's, maybe we should sing a song. And I go, sing a song. And she goes, I don't know what to sing. And she started humming, you are my sunshine. And I said, she said, I don't know about that. I said, just do it. Just sing that one. Yeah. That's good. And then uh, she sang it once. And then everybody joined in and we sang it again. And we got responses off. Dude, of that. that was kind of a kumbaya moment and shit. You know, everybody's singing together. And <clears> in a around. weird kind of way, that was kumbaya-ish. Because you get all these people, ghost hunters will say, could you tell us who you are? Oh, come on. And then you get the agitators, you yep. know. Yep. Oh, you must not be big in spirit or very strong because you can't even talk to us. I, Why don't I you show us what you're made of, tough guy? And I hate that stuff. And uh, so we try to be respectful. And so... Sarah started singing, and then everybody joined in singing, You Are My Sunshine. Even you, it bro. All, even me. I didn't. You, even you, you did, too. No, I didn't, bro. I, I heard you. Stuff, man. <clears throat> I heard you singing, You Are My Sunshine. My only, what key am I in, sunshine? Oh, terrible. So Rocky was singing, and uh, what was interesting was the response on the spirit box. It went crazy, bro. Went crazy, all kinds of voices. You had beautiful, you had one just screamed out, you heard in the box, clear as day. Great. Yep. Just like that. It was like nobody's ever sung to them before. Or they had been there and they knew singing, and all of a sudden, and Sarah was prompted to sing because she heard what sounded like a, a woman or a little girl's voice singing on the voice box earlier or the spirit yep. box. Yep. And so that was really a cool moment. Yep. And then I looked over at Audrey and Audrey was over there and she was all doing this California thing. You are my sunshine, my only yeah. sunshine. My only sunshine. 
She had her hands in the air and everything. And oh. thought she was uh, four square gospel Pentecostal. Dude, that kind of hurt, bro. That kind of hurt. Man. Everything hurts today. Damn. Well, I wondered because of some of the things we've encountered this weekend, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I did have to ask myself, I've never felt this physically worn out, mentally tired. Um, and there were a couple of times during the investigations where I felt there's no way to describe it. It would be like watching a movie like digitally where somebody was into some kind of thing. You'd see their face just kind of go, right, right, bro. you know, this, this uh, blurry draw. And I felt that way at one point, it was at the bakery stage when I felt that. And uh, I felt like, Oh, I'm getting pulled out. Dude, you even and, had uh, to pull over on the way home and have rainy drive for you, bro. Oh yeah. That first night I couldn't make it all the way home. Let me ask like, you this. I'm done. This actually just popped in my head um, because so I don't know, you know, I don't even know exactly how many years we've been there. We've been just doing this for a long time. We'll keep it six, at seven that. years, six, seven years. I will say this brother on that Friday night when we illegally went down to the Hobbit hole. Oh yeah. Um, dude, that was the first time in the entire time I've been to the Renaissance grounds where I actually felt physically uncomfortable. Just saying. Sir. I've seen you afraid before that though. Uh, well, we won't talk about that. Man. You were walking down the Rockies, walking down the lane. We're all, it's, it's the dark. All right. We're in the dark. The dark. At the Minnesota Renaissance Festival grounds. So you're like walking through an old, abandoned, medieval village in oak groves yeah. with no lights. Right. Other than your flashlights right. or your phone lights. And we all got a little split up there. And I went walking down the way. And hang on one second, Rocky. Fill in the space. Goodbye. So yeah. So he went walking um, because he and, was getting ready to ambush my shit. And so I just stood back. I recessed into a dark corner, and Rocky's walking down. He's got his phone like this in his lap, and he's going, "Oh yeah, I'm like look at the architecture." And oh man, <laughs> what if we could? And he's walking down, and when he gets parallel to me on the street, I step out of the shadows and I walk toward him. And he jumps. I can't repeat the words that came out of his mouth. But he goes, don't ever, don't ever scare the shit out of an Italian. (laughs) I'll tell you exactly what I did. This is what I did, bro. I said one of these. (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty much it. I didn't know you had recorded that live. (laughs) And all I did was walk out toward him. Yeah. And I was wearing my big woolly coat, the big, long, almost ground length one. So it's fluttering in the breeze a little bit and rocky screamed like a little girl dude i did bro oh, oh, oh come here what what eddie scared the hell out of me because they were all looking up so i look up and then all of a sudden the black figure walks out oh, oh yeah yeah rainy scared me too what what you got scared for, who scared you roberts did right yeah, he got he got me when he got you because we were everybody was looking up, and then all of a sudden this big black figure comes out of the corner, and it's like, holy! Hey, you know what we say, Rainy? Yeah. You know what we say yeah. in a situation like this? What do we say? Karma is a bitch. What's up? Yes, it is. We're coming yeah, to get, get you, Robert. Mr. Robert. Yeah, you no, going no, down, bro? You can't scare me. I can too. Yeah, she can. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Well, anyway, so you know, but so. it was really weird though. So we went down, and this was the first time that we actually walked through the Hobbit Tunnel. Then we went down. So now, and the Hobbit Tunnel, nobody told us that was off limits. They only said the Fairy Garden. So we went to check out the Hobbit Hole. Now the Hobbit Hole's been there since day one of this festival. 
And it was, as you can imagine, a lot of the people who did festival in the 70s, early 70s, were all Tolkien fans, all into this kind of stuff. And they have a hobbit hole there with the big round door. And you can walk in and see it. And there's a little garden out front and all of that. Mm -hmm. But now they've made that into, they broke out the back end of that years, a few years ago. And it all leads to this big stairway that goes all the way down into the flats, down by the swamp, the lowest physical geographical location at the festival. And they call it the fairy gardens. It's like, not like modern day LGBT fairy. Well, yeah, maybe, it's not like maybe. Welcome to Fairy Gardens. Maybe. Resist. Yeah. Resist. <laughs> but um yeah, it was uh so we're down in the 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 bottom of the, and the, the 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 swamps are out there yeah, past the trees bro. and but we're in the dark and you know what it looks like when you shine a flashlight in the dark in the woods and it illuminates the trees that yeah. are close to you and then just fades off into the dark. Oh, totally. And so that's that's what it was like down there. And and I don't know what the big deal was about that place because it was like, and we had the one security, security Sarah, oh, yeah. the other Sarah there, oh, a yeah. security guard. She told us, you can do anything you want. My one rule is you can't go to the fairy garden. So what do we do? We go to the so what is garden. What does Rocky do? We get through the hobbit hole and Rocky goes, what's that staircase? Goes, that goes to the fairy garden. We're not allowed to go there. Goes, I'm going, dude. I'm going, bro. You are such a freaking liar, bro. I did not say that, man. <laughs> and he says, I'm going alone if you're not coming with me. And I looked at everybody else, said, I better go in case he gets lost. Dude, I don't know who I well, you know what? I was trying to play machismo shit, bro. You know what? I don't know what I was thinking. Cause when I got down there, I don't know what you were thinking either. Dude, I was you got down there. It was like going down the staircase was great. Oh, totally. This big, you know, like decking they've built to go down there. You get all the way down to the bottom. And Walkie walks out into that clearing, and there's all these little huts and things that are built out of sticks and twigs and all tied together yeah. for the show. And Rocky's down in the middle, and he goes, Whoa, what am I doing down here? Dude. He goes, This is creepy. What was that creepy. movie again? Um, where Blair Witch Project. Yeah, dude. That came was... to my mind down there, and I wasn't going to say it because I didn't want you to jump out of oh, your oh, shit. Dude, I was feeling it, bro. I was feeling Blair Witchy shit going on, bro. Yep. Roberts had to cough with my mute button on. Jesus, dude, you made so, me hold that pose for like eight minutes, bro. What's up? Yeah, it was good though. Uh, <laughs> people got a good look at it. Yeah, and by the way, there's. Did you notice all the little wicker men that were made and yeah. tied into the branches and stuff like that? That's Blair Witch. Like was, shit, I'm bro. not looking that hard. I'm not looking that hard, bro. But but maybe but yeah. Going up. Going back up, I'm like, okay, let's get out of here before we get caught because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, we respect them. I know what I'm doing. It's like a big deal, big deal walking down to the fairy garden. Well, that was the one thing security Sarah didn't want us to do. Well, and it was because of me, dude, that we got busted because I'm friends with her on Facebook. Guess what Rocky did? I posted that shit online. He's doing a live stream on Facebook that said, we're going through the Hobbit hole and down into the Forbidden Fairy Garden. <laughs> and guess who's watching his stream on her phone? That's what I do. Up top. Security Sarah. <laughs> yep. She, she goes, looking. next time you break the law, she said, maybe you don't want to post it online live. Didn't even think about it, though, bro. I just said Hobbit hole, though. I just said we're going in the Hobbit hole. <clears throat> she knew what you were talking about. The Hobbit she... hole is now the entrance to the fairy Well, she started watching garden. the stream and she watched us go down the stairs, dude. I know. 
I'm always she just couldn't get there fast enough, dude. I'm because this is way over on the other end of the site from where she was sitting, yep. way down at the bottom of the site, then way down below into the forest. So why do I always get in trouble? We were like in those of you who are Tolkien fans. It was like walking into Mirkwood at night, dude. It was weird. Yeah, and I'm not gonna lie, dude. I'm not going to lie. I don't say this a lot, but that is one spot that if there is nobody else on that site, I would not walk down there and hang out down there. I wouldn't want to be down there. Even the security people said, dude, that's the only place I don't go to. I just go. I just don't go down there. So, yeah, um, I don't know. I could I could go down there with a, a thermal sleeping bag and sleep down there in the woods. You do that, bro. Have fun. Build a nice little campfire down there. Do a live stream. Hell yeah. And then we'll come to get you the next day and you'll be strung up in a tree and skinned and butterflied open like the Vikings. Yeah, yeah. Let me have, have the what was the uh the Viking thing? The 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 butterfly effect the or eagle, something. The eagle, the eagle, yeah. uh what do they call that? The something eagle. I don't anyway. know, but I don't ever want that done to me. I'm just saying for the right. I don't either. Because I'll either. scream. I'll scream too. So then um we go to night number two. We got about three minutes here for before the bottom of the hour. I don't Oh man. I don't even want to get in because I do want to cover <clears throat> our trip down to the Mississippi Flats is what Scott I do likes too. To call down it. the the River Flats down below Fort Snelling. Yep, down below Fort Snelling. And and so just to keep it light, not get too deep into this, I am so disappointed, Roberts, that that area literally has been in our backyard my entire life. Yeah. And I knew nothing of it. I knew not how to get down there. I didn't even know that whole thing existed down there, bro. Right. And we're talking by down there. He's talking about Fort Snelling State Park. And because uh, you can go to Fort Snelling, the old historic fort. It's right next to the Minneapolis St. Paul International Airport, yep. right on the same road. Yep. You you know, planes take off right by it. It's been there for 200 years, this fort. And it's all fixed up. They got reenactors there and everything. It's great. But to get down to the bottom, you can take the footpath around the fort or you go two miles up the freeway. And you turn off on a bridge onto a little quiet road and you go down the hill and there's a big stone gate that says Fort Snelling State Park. Mm. That's the way you had to get in to drive down to the area we went to. Yeah, it was um, sombering, sobering. Yeah, Um, I was angry. Uh, I'm glad Michelle was there because Michelle kind of gave me a different perspective on that. And we'll we'll cover more of this in the next uh, next segment. but, you know, I said it when we were doing the live stream. I tried doing a live stream on Facebook, Scotty. Scotty did a 15-minute spirit box session, and some of the most incredible things came through. And I oh, go it was back. unbelievable. Somebody messaged me and told me that the video kept screwing up. And then I looked at my signal, and I had zero signal. So in a 15-minute video, we got about three minutes that I actually published. And half of those three minutes was the wheel spinning, trying to reconnect. And yep. so my thought is, Scotty, and I'm not trying to justify us losing I've this audio. I said it. I know what you're going to say. Yep. Um, that experience was not designed for the public, but I believe that experience right. was designed for us. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I am in full agreement with you. I just said that this morning. I said uh, that that was uh, an experience that was meant for us. There's a reason. Yeah, you have all kinds of tech issues. Your skeptic is going to go, oh, it just didn't. You couldn't pick up your signal down there. We had signal everywhere else. Yeah, that's right. But but we're standing there and we're filming with the spirit box and we're getting nothing. Nothing. And uh, or we couldn't transmit any of it. I'm sorry. We're getting plenty, and we'll tell you about that in the next segment. And then the deer, the deer just the walked deer. right by us. And deer, there's deer down there. There's wetlands that are and forest land that's just, that's adjacent to all this. And 
It's not odd for a deer, but every time I've ever been to the fort, I've never seen a deer. Dude, it was when like, I was there a couple of months ago, I didn't see deer. It didn't even acknowledge us, dude. It was literally right by us. Yeah. And it's like it didn't even care. It was almost right where we were standing. And Sarah goes, Look. And this was after we had asked, um, I don't know, uh we were thanking them for talking to us. And and uh uh we weren't asking for any signs because we had plenty of voices had come through, but it was kind of like all of a sudden, there's a deer standing in picturesque from where we were. The sun's starting to set behind the trees and filtering and rays. And here's this deer and all this sun ray stuff standing 50 feet from where we were, just, just standing there, not even paying attention to us. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to The Emotional Meatball, Rocky Stucci and the Big Freaking Cannoli, Scotty Roberts. And we are doing a recap of an amazing weekend we just had in regards to the Minnesota Renaissance Grounds and our live broadcast on Thursday night at the Depot Bar and Grill. When we come back, there is a lot more to cover. Plus, Audrey does not like using outhouses. Ladies and gentlemen, do not go anywhere. Ha! The freaking situation room. Stand by, folks. There you go, bro. Feeling that, Roberts. Namaste, my brothers. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I must say something. There is not a funnier thing to watch than when a Cali chick comes to Minnesota in the great north and it's freaking cold outside and uh, she has to pee or poop, but she has to use an outhouse. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, yeah. welcome back to the second segment of the Situation Room with the big freaking cannoli, Scotty Roberts, and of course me, the emotional meatball, Rocky Stucci, right here on Mojo 5 Radio, Odyssey Radio, talk stream live and broadcast it around the world. You can also listen to the live broadcast on Spreaker by searching Mojo 5 and of course iHeartRadio by searching Mojo 5 Radio. Scotty freaking Roberts, my guy. How you doing? Dude, the funniest thing in the world. So we get down to the Mississippi Flats, um, which is near the site of the concentration camp for the Dakota and other tribal uh, indigenous people. And uh, Audrey said she had to pee, but I think she might have had to poop. I'm just saying, right? I think she might have. She might have had to poop. So She just didn't want to say that. Well, it's technically illegal for women to poop in the state of Minnesota. So, um, and I know they're fighting that because of fighting's it, a misdemeanor poopins right out this whole equality thing, bro. It just don't make sense. You know, I say fighting. I meant farting, farting, fighting, same thing, bro. It's the same thing. See, so, that's the way my brain's working today. They had, I'm going to gag right now. I'm just letting everybody know. I feel gag shit happening, but I'm going to explain this to you guys. So they only had one available outhouse on the entire location that we were at down in the Mississippi flats here. By but Fort it was Snow. a big one. It was huge. It was like a family style, right? Yeah. Family size privy. Dude, can you imagine what goes on there in the middle of the night? Oh man. I don't even want to know, but uh, I'm going to gag. I'm going to gag. I feel it. I'm visualizing it. I can't visualize it. I'm going to gag. So when we got there, I'm seriously going to gag. When we got there, bro, I had to go to the bathroom. And, you know, we don't think anything of it. I would have just picked a no, tree if there wasn't an I'd have gone there. in a tree. Yeah. Um, but I go in there, and obviously this freaking porta potty has not been cleaned out in probably 15 years, right? Because it breached the water level. Oh, my God. I'm a gig. Mm. <laughs> That's the way he Woo. was on site, by the way. Woo. My God. It was like mountains. Oh, uh, by the way, Mrs. Stucci confirmed for me. This is not an act with Raggy. 
She said he has got the weakest little gag reflex. Dude, I see She's a chihuahua. Cute. I see a chihuahua pinching a loaf, dude, and I start gag. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> this porta potty was overflowing with human poop, right? Oh, oh my god. And see, it didn't look that bad when I walked in there. It looked like it had needed cleaning, but it didn't look quite that bad. Dude, it was peaking, bro. Oh, see, I didn't pee into that. No, it was peaking. It I was, painted the little male bucket it thing was on like the wall, a, it was, you know? It had one in there? Yeah, with a drain on it. Dude, I didn't use oh, the wait, bucket. Oh, wait, no, it didn't. No, no it didn't. It did. I take that back. That was at the festival. That was at the festival. That's right, because uh, I didn't want to reach down and lift the seat up. Dude, this was like a poop iceberg. You know what I'm saying? Yep. That's all terrible. I remember now. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Just put it on a stick. Dude, and this is all supposed to be about making fun of Audrey, and I'm gagging, thinking, look at my eyes. Dude. Look at my yeah, eyes. yeah. Watering. His watering. eyes are watering up. So Audrey didn't know what to do. She's confused. What's that little building there? I'm like, Audrey, that's where people peep and poo. Or, or pee See, and poo. Do they not have outhouses in California? No, because I don't know what they do in California because they're weird, right? So I don't yeah. know where they poop in California. They but just here, pull the string bikini aside and stoop in the beach. Oh, you know? I know what they do, bro. I know they poop in the ocean. What's up? That's it. I'm going surfing. Yeah. It's, it's a euphemism. Yeah. Why are you going surfing? Where's with Audrey? Paper? Oh, she went surfing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and there's all these little fish all swimming all around her eating her yeah, poop. Yeah, dude. Um, so she was traumatized. <clears throat> and so she had to clean the seat because there was poop on the outhouse seat, right? And she was more traumatized because there was no, you know, the paper covers that you, you know, that like really yep. important people use. There used. weren't any. There wasn't any. So, she so had, she's she's pulling her little little Kleenex pack, you know, that's in her pocket to wipe off the seat. That is so gross. There was poop on it, and she cleaned somebody uh, else's poop. I wouldn't sit on that without <laughs> <laughs> without a little can of Lysol or something or uh, bleach wipes. Dude, okay, all right, I can't even do this anymore. <laughs> I'm gonna freaking puke. I swear to God, I'm gonna puke. I can't even do it. You are so weak. It was hilarious though. She was so traumatized. And then she, her face, you know, we were, we were walking through and we'll get into this, but we were walking around and I looked at her, I'm like, Audrey, are you okay? Cause she's kind of turning purple and, yeah. um, she was holding it in. She was getting, uh, what do they call that kind of poison? Like septic poisoning because she had yeah. so bad that she didn't want to use the else. Now she's going through depression. She already called her doctor and she's going to have to go to some counseling when she got back to California later on this evening. So, oh yeah. Woo, woo. Get the image out of her head. Get it out of my head, bro. Because that iceberg, I've never seen a poop iceberg like I've seen a poop iceberg down here. You know what I mean? Yep. And, you know, far as I was concerned, if we weren't in a state park with people walking all over the paths and stuff, you know what? I had a peed in the woods. We did that at festival. When we got to festival, you just walk out to the end of the car and pee into the grass. I actually just took it out while I was walking, bro. I was like, mm -ch, mm -ch. I'm peeing. Yeah, and you, and and you missed your looking. pant legs and everything. I do it. I'm a professional. You just you got to kind of do like a Zorro thing. Like you're you doing a Z in the snow. Yeah, you got to swash you right, swash. right and left. Yes. So we get down here. Um, and so I kind of went through this little emotion thing, right? Um, and I knew I was going to, I set myself up for it. I, I totally knew it because of all the conversations that we've had recently in regards to this location. Um, will you show up and will you seen that little structure, Scotty, the one that you took the picture of last time you were down there. Mm -hmm. And then there's a little wreath a reef, um, wreath, uh, that was there with a the little tiny plaque and saying, that's it. Right. 
So yeah. I'm angry. And at first I was really angry because there was all these people down there walking their dogs, doing their thing. Beautiful area. Don't let me take that. It is gorgeous. It's natural Minnesota habitat. It's wildflowers. It's beautiful. It's river. It's scenic. It's fall. And so I'm not mocking anybody, you know, and I'm not even mocking them for them not knowing the history of this location. I just took this personal because I don't know if I was having an empathic reaction, but I was overwhelmed with sadness. I was overwhelmed with anger. And um, so Michelle, who came here with Audrey, um, she came up to me because she knew I was upset. And so she did mention this guy and it actually did make me feel a little bit better. You know, at a location where such tragedy happened, people are coming down here and they're walking their dogs, they're bringing their children with people going down there and, and giving appreciation, whether it be to the land or to the situation, bringing that positive energy to that spot is actually a good thing. Bringing people yes. down there with their families and their dogs and it's bringing <clears throat> life back to it. And so when she, and she explained it much more elegantly than I am right now, but the way she explained it to me actually calmed me down a lot because it made a lot of sense. You know, it could be what I at first envisioned it to be, leave it alone, make it sacred land. Don't let people walk on it, but then it just becomes cold and isolated, but allowing people to go down here and to, I don't even care what they're doing. Let them walk with their families. Let them go down there to bring their animals because that is bringing life. And those that are still there in spirit get to enjoy that happiness, that family, maybe something they didn't have when they're alive. Roberts. Okay. Turning it over to me. All right. Uh, yeah. And I agree with you. It's a, it's a beautiful place to go, but it's a state park. It's got all the walking and biking pads and all that. And people are out there with their dogs and so on. And it's all on the flats down below the fort, which is up on the hill and the bluffs. And uh, you can, if it weren't for all the trees, you could see the fort right there. Mm-hmm. But this is the area where the concentration camp was uh, back in the 1860s. And there is the, uh, uh, as Rocky mentioned, there's the memorial there that was put up by the Dakota. And it wasn't put up by the state of Minnesota. There was no official recognition of this. And there still is. It, it it throws me that you can walk through this area and be walking on a path right through what was this old concentration camp and where so many people died, and there's no sign, there's no placard, there's no so recognition. So you're saying that the state of Minnesota does not recognize that land as for what happened there? I think to recognize it, they are inviting the conflict over the land. Well, invite the conflict uh, where over there the are land. Some of the Dakota want the land back and so on. And and uh, I get all that, and I'm for all that, but I think what they do is they have to take a political stance. Oh, Jesus, I'm sick of that word. And so when we were going to film there 11 years ago, they wouldn't let us do it at the last minute because they said they thought it would raise the ire of the Dakota tribe. And they'd have to worry about all the conflict that would come over that again. And it's almost like they were saying to me, we just quieted those people down. Don't get them riled up again. Mm -hmm. It's kind of what we were being told. And so, um, which is all by itself is a big problem. And so uh, uh, there is no, there there are signs out there. If you noticed, you know, you see them at the state parks, the big, uh, you know, posts in the ground with a nice wooden three-sided poster placard where they, 
have maps of the site and stuff, but there's nothing on the map. I again scoured the maps on on two of those this mm-hmm. last weekend. Mm-hmm. There's nothing pointing out the site. The Dakota Memorial isn't even pointed out on the site. It does in text. It shows pictures of an old painting of Fort Snelling from the 1850s, and the and there's a beautiful little uh, teepee down in the corner, a couple waving Indians, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of look. Mm-hmm. Um, and they show that picture, and then they say something about, you know, Pikes Island over here by so-and-so and this and that and this and that, and there was a concentration camp here where the Dakota were held after the Dakota Wars, blah, blah, blah. And they don't say anything else about it. Now, I don't know if maybe the interpretive center, which was closed when we got there at four in the afternoon, that they uh, maybe had, maybe they have more in there, but I've seen nothing official about it other than write-ups on the internet. And so here we are in the middle of all this, we're walking through the woods and we're finding uh, the, the ramparts, the big, uh, um, the mounds yep. that if you look at the old picture of the concentration camp taken in 1862, you can see there was a big square mound built up all around this camp of teepees. And you can see the river in the background, the channel of the river and the main river in Pikes Island. And uh, then, uh, but they cleared all the timber and up on all these mound works, they had uh, like the fort fences going all the way around. Yeah, you were trying and, to you were trying to identify the location where the photograph was taken, and then you're also yes. trying to identify some of the some of the trees that were in the picture because we did find a few really old trees, but a lot of what's down there now is newer newer growth. Right, right. And so where you did find really old trees, well, that's where we found the two big old trees that had to be at least two hundred years old. Mm-hmm. It looked like, but there was a stone, like the kind of stone they built the fort walls out of, yeah. and things like that. Uh, there was a stone standing up in there. It was flat on both sides and it was tall. And then I thought that looks like I said, everybody that looks like a stone that was prepped for building. Although it was not, it, it does break off in that form naturally, but we started looking around the tree and it was right in the middle of these two trees. And we started looking around and there was these stones were all scattered in there. There was soft ground there and we kept finding these stones, and it looked like they were marking something. And they were all grown into the ground now. And I said, this is rife for archaeology. No, it seemed like um, some of the stones that we were finding were were by some of the older significant trees yes. that we were finding on the spot. Then we found the one area where, I don't know how to explain it correctly, but it was a distance from a tree, but there was a section, almost like a rectangular section, of some of those flat stones as well. Yeah. And we didn't know, is this, are there graves here? Were there common graves, the 300 men, women, and children that died the winter of 1862 there? Was this boundary markers? Uh, Were these set up as, I don't know, foundations for uh, uh, storage units there or what? We didn't know what it was. Uh, No way to tell uh, without any references. And so so we, we stumbled across a lot of that. And we started doing a lot of spirit boxing out there in the woods, daylight. And uh, we just wanted to see if anything would respond to us. Yeah. Well, you know, I just want people to know that we only investigate at night because there's a thrill factor to it, but it don't matter when you actually investigate, you can investigate during the day and get just as good as results. as. Well, there are those who say the veil is thinner at night and, you know, 
You get hauntings in the daylight too. Yeah, just like three so, o'clock at night's the witching hour, and that's when yeah. you yeah, shut up. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And and so there we are. We're we're trying to do a spirit box, and we're trying to be the first thing Rocky says when he turns it on. Uh, he says he says we want to be very respectful. He's speaking to whoever might yeah. be hearing him. Yeah. We want to be respectful. We want to honor what happened here to honor you. Um, we just want to know if you would like to speak to us, if there's anything you want to communicate to us. We did offer and tobacco, gotta, folks, but before anybody comes at us, I just want to make it very clear that the first thing we did before we did anything is we brought tobacco with us and we laid down the offering of tobacco as our sign of respect for the natives there. Yes. And uh, so Rocky uh, went ahead and said that, and it was almost immediately we're getting chatter. And many times at the spirit box, you can't always make out what you're hearing unless it's really concise and clear. Uh, and that's why we record these things. You go back and listen later. And we weren't recording them because we were doing the live streams. And, of course, what happened to our live streams? They got all garbled and, mm -hmm. and disappeared. Yep. Uh, but we're hearing layer upon layer upon layer of voices all at once sometimes. And you kept getting the same voice. Uh, we were yes. not able to understand him. Um, so we're, we're just going to roll the dice and assume that it was foreign tongue, meaning it could have been indigenous. It could have been something else, but right. it was a very deep, um, I didn't feel threatened by it. Loud all, and Robert. deep. Loud and deep. No, I wasn't threatened nope. by it. And came through multiple times and at times multiple words through an incredible amount of frequency scans so if anybody yes. wants to say that was radio full of shit because there's yeah. no way you can get the same male voice speaking while that radio scanned probably 30 times meaning that it scanned from let's say 93.5 on the dial all the way up to 100.5 um, there's yep. no way possible that you can get the same voice speaking a full sentence within that many scans so as i used to say it was like a voice floating atop the scanning yeah, frequency that's right and so um this voice, uh, do, do you want to cut to the 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 quick on this one, the the big significant one we got? We were asking and talking and asking them to communicate. Sarah, because she's psychic medium, she's hearing things already, and then we're hearing them set on the box, and she's and she's identifying some of the things she's hearing. She said, "Oh, that was a little." We heard a little girl, yeah. and we thought, um, "Is that a little girl who is?" Um, crying was that crying and she said no they're singing and uh then she heard uh women she heard men and they were very you know some of them sounded like they were really far away mm -hmm. and other ones sounded like they were right on fucking on top of you. oh right, sorry right. uh right on top of you and uh we heard this male voice this dark voice there was one point where we said is there anything you would like us what do you want to share with us? What do you want people to know? What can we do for you? And the voice, the male dark, deep voice came back very strong and said, remember us. Just like that. Remember us. And uh, Sarah even was like, oh, did you hear that? And we're, we're all like that. And it was very loud and clear and concise. Not one of None us of questioned us what we heard. We knew exactly immediately it was so clear that yes. you know sometimes you're like what did it say that was one of those times scotty where we all heard it and we're like damn yeah and i think i even i said did that just say remember us and because sometimes you're you're talking you're 
trying to pose a yep. question and it's already answering you. Uh, so we got a lot of that out at that site. And then, then there was the deer a, a couple of minutes after that, yep. all of a sudden there's a deer. And we already mentioned this in the last segment. He's standing about 50 feet from where we were, maybe a hundred feet. Um, and uh, no, it wasn't a hundred feet. You know, what's really weird though, Roberts, is that when yeah. we first saw the deer, he was there because there was water all around us. We were right by the river. And then there was all these, these overfill areas. Yes. And when we first saw the deer, he was on the other side of this waterway. Yes. And then just a couple minutes later, we turned around because we we're on this road or this path and the deer was there. And so he's it, there on the path and he's just sauntering. Yeah. It's, when and where did he cross that water to get over to where we were, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, you know, Sarah was the first to see him. She said, oh, my God, guys, look behind mm -hmm. you. Because we were walking toward her out of the thick of the woods, and we look, and there's that deer right over there. And, okay, it can be a deer. This is a wildlife place that's just off to the east of this, connected to these flatlands. Um, there's the big wetlands down there from the Mississippi River and wildlife refuge. And having a deer show up there is not abnormal. Right even though it's in the middle, it's a wildlife refuge in the middle of the cities. Mm -hmm. And uh, so here's this deer. And uh, um, I, the thought that occurred to me, and don't think this too silly, and you guys are probably already thinking this, the thought that occurred to me was, is this something we're being shown to say this is a symbol of who we are, or this is a, um, not a symbol. It's a acknowledgement uh, that you're talking to us, and uh, and the deer was put out there. I don't know. Why would that? Was be a coincidence silly? that it had appeared Why right at that moment? See, that's a problem, Scotty. When we surround ourselves <clears throat> with too many closed-minded people, that we need to sit here and feel like we actually need to uh, explain that this may sound silly. Yeah. Anybody who's listening right now to this show. They don't think that what you're saying sounds silly at all. Anybody who's watching this That's on true. YouTube, no, they're actually probably right now, if I looked in the chat, they were supporting 100% that there was some symbolism there, some some spiritual symbolism that was going on. And I think, honestly, we were meant to go down there, Roberts, and we got bombarded. Yes. That one time, some forces were stopping us from going. I can't remember what happened. Everything with the day we were supposed to go, and it was really nice out, 20 degrees warmer. And everything got thrown in the path to keep us from going that day. Oh, and it was my face. It was your face. That's right. It was my freaking face. Yeah, you were feeling bro. sick. So, so here we are to this point. And even though Michelle comforted me on how she explained what the public does down there, um, we could still go down there and inter interview a bunch of people. And a lot of them, they do not know the historical relevance. Now, I get the political side of things, too. I almost feel something burning in my soul right now that for some reason, I feel like there's more that needs to be done. I'm not saying build this huge building and memorial, but I just think that it should be respected in a way to be sacred land. I think that we should hide and tuck that history away. Everybody's worried about the politics of it. You know what you and I should do? We should actually get a local politician on the damn show and have them explain to us in, justif in, in justification on why we're trying to make this history disappear instead of saying this is the history we need to learn from. What are your thoughts on that? 
I want to get uh, somebody from the Dakota tribe. Absolutely. That's in the cities here that, that could talk cogently about this uh, Mike issue. Kumar. And may, maybe he'd be pissed at us, too. I don't know. I have no idea what kind of reaction we'd get for asking. No, but. Mike Cuball from the depot. You know Mike Cuball. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, he's Dakota. So um, he can get us in touch with the people. And I, I guarantee you this. We've gotten a couple messages already from people that watched our YouTube live stream when we were down there. And uh, their hearts are in the same spot as ours, Roberts, with... With we're not trying to raise controversy here. We're not trying to say this is somebody's land and we need to give it up. All we're trying to do is just remember the hundreds of people that lost their life in this moment. And it's kind of like our own personal history in our life. There's certain things, Robert, that I keep on surface in my life to remind me where I don't want to go back. And I think we need to look at this location exactly the same. This was a horrifying time in our history of this country, but this is what makes us great people is that through these horrifying experiences, this is how we evolve. And we need to remind ourselves of these things so we don't go back and do this stupid shit again. So I think the Dakota people, I think the local indigenous tribes would very much honor the fact that we're at least trying to get the recognition that that site deserves more than just yes. a little monument and a little reef. Um, I, I think that politicians need to come forward and explain to us why we're not recognizing that land a little bit more. You know what would be kind of cool? is if we got a section of that land and actually set it up back to how it was uh, with maybe a few uh, teepees on there. A few teepees. You know, uh, just, you know, get some reenactors down there. I know good friend of mine, Leon Stanzalone, would be somebody I would like to get down there and set up his, he's got a huge teepee. What's the difference when a, you go right up to the freaking fort and you have reenactors in there that were, you know. Nothing. You know what I'm saying? That's I would like to find out why that's not being done. So um, worth looking into. Let's worth do it. doing. Let's do well. You know, and this this kind of piggybacks on we were talking about that show that uh, we were talking about with me and you and Sarah. Yes. And um, what's the name of it? Dead Reckoning. Dead Reckoning. And this was kind of your vision was you know yes there's a paranormal aspect of it. But there's the huge historical significance in supporting this. And there's a lot right here locally that we just seem to have forgotten um, yeah. on purpose. And so, you know, in regards to like a show, it's it's this is what that represents is, is let's, let's not let history disappear. And, you know, Scotty, when you can do respectfully some kind of paranormal work and you can get powerful messages like never forget I don't yeah. give a shit what skeptics say, you know, because that hearing that it, it, it soothes our soul when you hear something like that, or it makes you want to do something more, you know, and, yeah. and it's heartbreaking. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. It is. And, uh, folks, just so you know, this is a show proposal I had done 10 years ago. Well, it was back in 2009. So 10 years ago. And it was called Dead Reckoning. We had several good people working. And the idea was to focus on this five-state area here around Minnesota, Wisconsin, the Dakotas, and uh, look at Native American sites as the, and old fort sites and have as a primary thrust the history of those areas mixed with good paranormal research. Mm -hmm. So I think we, we got a little taste of what that's like this last Saturday. And it's incredible the emotions that are involved with doing things like this. So, um, oh, so, it did. It, it linked me up pretty emotionally. You know, and that's okay. Yeah. And that was that moment when Scotty got emotional that we were recording, 
and it never yeah. recorded. And and that's why I'm sitting here thinking, you know, it wasn't designed to be something public. This was personal. Must not. You were drawn yeah. to this site, Scotty, originally. Something yes. brought you there, not just a day family trip. Something brought you there, which then you rose the attention to it to us. And then it brought us there. And I'm not just saying me and Sarah and Audrey and, All and Jennifer us. and Michelle. I'm saying that we now brought our entire listening audience with us to this journey. And we've already made an impact just by talking about this and showing our honor and showing our respect. And uh, there's just still something in my heart that I feel like we need to do more. So we will contact some local politicians and get them on this show. We will contact some Dakota tribal members and get them on this show. And we'll also be uh, contacting the Historical Society and different government officials to see, if possible, if some more can be done. But Scott, I'm we, thinking there have got to be people that are still alive today related to those people who 100%, survived that camp. 100%. So, Scotty, we got about a minute left here, brother. Let everybody know how can they catch the big freaking cannoli and in the Intrepid radio program. Go to odyssey1odysy1.com. You can hear the audio version of this show. It's on iTunes, it's on iHeartRadio, it's on Spreaker and everything else. Or go over to my YouTube channel, Mr. Scotty Roberts, and catch the uh, simulcast video in the live chat room. Hey, really quick, just want to give a huge shout-out to Jennifer, Michelle, Audrey, Sarah Soderlin, Jim Cunningham, yeah. and all those that were involved with us this weekend and all those that watched our live streams and interacted with us. We look forward to this time every single freaking year. Uh, thank you, ladies, for coming out all the way from the West Coast, whether it be Washington State or the state of California. That was amazing. It was amazing, and thank you so much for hanging out with us. We love the hell out of each and every one of you, and of course, the listening audience and viewing audience, we love the hell out of each and every one of you as well. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is a wrap of this edition of the Situation Room with the Cannoli Scotty Roberts and myself, the emotional meatball Rocky Stucci. Visit the website streamingtalkradio.com. Everything you need to know from podcasts to videos to contact information is right there. Rule number one, folks, don't take shit from nobody. Love you guys. Live long and prosper. <laughs>